0: Hello everybody, I hope everyone is having a super fantastic day. I'm having a nice chill day today. Um, If any of you are my personal Facebook page followers, you probably already know that I had quite the week last week. I ended up in the emergency room in the hospital. I legitimately thought I was having a brain bleed. I wasn't, um, but my neurologist and my cardiologist and my family doctor all uh, think that I need to go off of this really heavy duty migraine medication I was taking every day um, before I see the electrophysiologist specialist to help me with some of my new uh, health conditions. So what I've been experiencing this past week is debilitating dizziness and brain fog and confusion and not able to think of the right words to say at times. My brain is definitely unhappy with um, getting rid of this medication that my brain had become dependent on for the past two years. So it looks like I'm in for probably another three weeks or so of feeling this way. So I'm just trying to be kind to myself and slow down and listen to my body and do nothing more than uh, what I can handle right now and unfortunately that means I can't handle much. So I hang out uh, at home and I do a couple things here and there. But the reason I share this story is because it kind of fits right along with what I decided to talk about today and uh, I often have thoughts run through my head and I I like to see them as uh, what I like to call personal revelations. So I feel like I've been inspired to share my philosophy that I've had to come to accept with my own health limitations. And so this episode is about credits. And what I mean by credits is uh, this. So for me and my situation, I know That I can give myself and I can expend five credits a day now what are credits for me Um, because of some of my health limitations I've got going on it takes me about two credits to get up get out of bed get dressed leave the house for an appointment go to my appointment come home that takes up two credits in the day keep in mind I only get five credits. If I surpass my five credits and I overexpend myself, I will get a migraine, I will get dizzy, um, it's just not good and then it will take me a couple of days to recover. Um, So it takes me usually one credit to be social. I'm someone that you call an empath. I highly feel the motions of people around me and it can be exhausting, I think, it's also a good thing. I'm very grateful that I'm able to have that spiritual gift to connect better with other people and truly understand what they may be going through in their lives so that I can help them. Um, but it, it's hard on me. It often will give me a headache um, if if I can really sense that that person is struggling. So yeah, it uh, takes me probably two or more credits to prepare a simple meal for my family. Uh, I have a really hard time standing for long periods of time, so if I'm having to stand in the kitchen and chop things up and stand by the stove, uh, it takes a lot out of me. So luckily I have super helpful family members that um, do most of the kitchen stuff uh, for me so that I don't have to uh, struggle too badly with that and I can expend my credits elsewhere. Um, Another thing for me is it takes me at least one credit to have a bath which everybody else would just have a shower, but I can't handle showers. Uh, It takes me a credit to do my hair, it takes me a credit to do my makeup. Um, So those are just examples of ways that I expend my credits. Back when I was working, uh, it would probably take me all five credits to work up until the lunch hour. And by then, My five credits had already been expended. I was expected to stand up and sit down and be social and leave my house and put on makeup and do my hair, uh, prepare my lunch meal for myself. All these things all added up and by the time I get to my lunch hour, Um, I was working at elementary school and I would be expected to um, stand still and do lunchroom supervision while standing and that was just all really hard on me so I wasn't thriving, I wasn't I wasn't tolerating, I wasn't managing my health well at all Um, so I'm grateful for the opportunity that I have to take a little bit of time off of work to hopefully see some more specialists and get better managed. So my question to you is how many credits do you have? Um, I know for me I have learned uh, To say no to others so that I can say yes to myself and to feeling well and feel like I can be emotionally and mentally present for my spouse and for my children and that I can feel um, mindful enough and uh, mentally energetic enough to feel of the spirit and to gain Insights through personal revelation and things like that because I know that when I'm drained I can only speak for myself But when I'm drained, I have a very hard time being mindful and in the present moment and feeling the spirit and feeling um, Positive thoughts come to my mind that help me decide on my next steps as I journey through my life so that's that and when I'm feeling mindful and in a good place in my life I wanted to share a couple of things that I often do that bring me a lot of joy so one may look at my situation and feel quite sorry for me and say oh my goodness this girl is an achiever she is a people pleaser she must just be dying that she is at home all day every day I think the last time I left the house was probably five days ago when I went to the hospital Um, I haven't left the house because I'm too dizzy to drive, Um, it's too hard to make sudden movements and quick uh, directional shifts and posture changes and things so it's just easier for me to just lay low right now and that's how I can best deal. But I don't feel sorry for myself. Um, And these are some of the little tips and tricks that I do. And hopefully by me sharing them with you, somebody can be like, oh, I do the same, or I could try that. And I would really love to hear from you guys. Reach out. let me know. You can find my Facebook page, Teddy Cutler. Send me a message. If you know me personally, just text me or send me a message on my personal page. I love hearing how these podcasts make a difference. I really, really do. It means the world uh, to know that by me simply seeking out connection, I am receiving it. Uh, more than I ever would have thought possible just by people saying thanks for that episode that really made a difference or keep talking Um, so some of the things that have helped me number one is gratitude and it kind of all encompasses gratitude I could just say gratitude and that would be enough Um, that's all it takes for me to experience joy now that's not too uh see here's one of those moments I can't think of the word I need because my brain is unhappy these days. I've named my brain Bernice because she is a grump and I don't know why. I hope you don't know anybody or your name isn't Bernice because when I think of the name Bernice I think of a very grumpy unhappy person. So my brain is named Bernice and she is unhappy and I can't think of the word I'm looking for so I'm going to move on but gratitude there's actually been studies that have shown and I know there's a lot of articles circulating right now about these studies that gratitude actually rewires your brain it's not just fluff it's not just this placebo effect like it's a thing guys if you can express either verbally to yourself say it to yourself write it down whether it's with a technological device I personally believe that writing with a pen and paper is super powerful it's like therapy to me that's why I bullet journal so much but writing down things that you're grateful for every day will change your brain and your brain is lazy Bernice is a lazy butt guys and she does not want to Try to go the road less traveled. It's easier to stay status quo and think negative thoughts and assume the negative things about other people and have negative self-talk. Talk negatively about yourself to yourself. You're often your own worst critic, women in particular. So try to just challenge your own brain and write out five things you're grateful for every morning or every evening. Mine are different every single day mine might be that I'm grateful that my dog let me give him a bath without growling or uh, a friend of mine brought me a meal because she knew I was in the hospital a couple of days ago. Um, I have different things I'm grateful for every single day and that keeps my brain on its toes. It's like a workout for Bernice, the brain. It's hard (laughs) but it's worth it and I've found that as I have found five things or more that I'm grateful for every day it might have been hard at first but it's not and I often come up with way more than five now and even if I'm not up for writing it down or saying it out loud I think it in my mind and I consider that a form of mindfulness for myself Um, just to put life into perspective and say you know what yeah things aren't the greatest right now it's been a really trying year for me and my family But I still have so much to be grateful for and I feel so blessed to be where I'm at. And by thinking all of these things, I gain a huge amount of joy and I hope that people notice that I'm feeling happy and that it makes them feel joy also and that I'm able to shine out as a source of strength to other people around me. Um, that's my main goal with this podcast I think I say that almost every episode but I truly hope that people feel feel the love that I'm trying to um, share with you so another thing I do which kind of goes along with gratitude but it's gratitude for other people it's a practice of gratitude that I feel towards people around me and I like to call it my everyday heroes so every day I think in my mind the five things I'm grateful for and then I think about who's my everyday hero today. And why and it's simple things it could be my wonderful mother who lives down the street who comes and takes my dog for a little walk around the pond just outside my house so that I don't have to do it and give myself a migraine from the bright Sun and all of the walking it could be my amazing husband for all of the things that he does around our household for making meals for checking the mail for going to pick up our click and collect groceries from superstore Um, It could be my children for coming and checking on me when I'm hanging out journaling in bed and seeing if I need a new glass of water or whatever it is. It's these little tiny things that make people my everyday heroes. Uh, Just this past week, I've been feeling awful so I put it out there on my uh, social media community page. I said, does anybody have any gravel that I could borrow? I will replace the box. We really need gravel in my household tonight and someone said, yeah, absolutely let me drop it off for you and that tiny little thing she won't even let me bring her any in return i told her i'm like you are my everyday hero today i don't even know you you're a stranger and you reached out and you helped my family in a time of need and that means so much to me so much so that it's making me tear up right now so i think we really need to retrain our brains and rewire our brains to notice all of the good things in life because if we can't notice the good things in life then what's the point right And I truly believe, I believe it's a Paul McCartney song. I'm blaming this on Bernice if I'm incorrect. I do know it's a Beatles song. Um, But the amount of love that we give is equal to the amount of love we receive. So I feel that by finding an everyday hero, I don't just think of them in my mind. I will then reach out to them, whether it's a simple text or a phone call or a message or next time I see them in person and I say, you are awesome. Thank you for making such a big difference by doing such a small and simple thing to serve me or my family. And I reach out and I feel that that connection piece is kind of what brings it all together. And I know that for me, I need that connection. And I know that for everybody else, we all need connection. Um, I was listening to Uh, I don't know what you want to call it, a workshop, a seminar, it was a video, it was created into a video from uh, a workshop where they were talking about how Satan or the negative aspect of life, if you don't believe in Satan, um, they want you to feel contention where Jesus Christ or the positive aspect of the universe or whatever you believe uh, wants us to feel connection. So by doing all of these things and Uh, allowing myself only five credits a day even though it means I might be saying no to other people I'm finding other ways through my gratitude practice and my everyday hero practice to connect with other people Um, and I know that that has brought me so much joy in my life and I hope that this episode has helped you and given you some good ideas. Reach out, let me know what has helped you in your gratitude practice. Tell me how many credits you feel like you have in a day. I'm curious to know what uh, other people have and I don't want to compare, but I'm just curious. And uh, I I swear my husband must have 50 credits a day for how much he can accomplish. Um, I'm definitely not him and that's okay. But uh, yeah, I hope you guys all have a wonderful week. And next time you hear from me, I am planning to interview uh, a registered nurse who has a lot of tidbits and advice to share about her life, her career, her personal journey through mental health. And yeah, I think you guys will gain a lot from it. I'm really excited to uh, meet with her and interview her. So all the best, and I will talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Hello, everybody. Hope you're having a fabulous day. Today I wanted to talk about something that I have silently suffered through. And I went back and forth as to whether or not I should interview somebody else who has also gone through this struggle, but it's a very um, vulnerable topic. And so I decided that since I have been through this and struggled through this and still continue to struggle through this, that I would take on this tricky topic on my own. Um, and I appreciate your support. It's not an easy one to talk about. Um, there's a reason that I interviewed children before I interviewed any adults. Um, Children are such a good example to us because they are authentic and they aren't worried about offending other people. They aren't worried about hiding parts of themselves that others may not approve of. So yeah, let's take a lesson or two from my girls that I uh, interviewed. They did such an awesome job, didn't they? So... The topic I'm going to talk about a little bit today is infertility. Now it's not talked about often, and it's hard. And even though I'm at a place in my life where I have had to accept the fact that I probably won't ever have another child, um, it could cost me my life because of my own health conditions. And. Uh, I'm still reminded, I'm still having friends that are having babies and invited to baby showers. And I'm still the YYC baby whisperer who will watch your baby at the drop of a hat because I absolutely love babies. I used to work in the neonatal intensive care unit uh, as a registered nurse and I love little newborns. I feel like the veil is so thin for them. I feel like they remember where they came from and that's why they aren't able to communicate with us but I truly feel that when I look into the eyes of a newborn baby that there's just something so special there. Um, but yeah I'll tell you a little bit about my own infertility story in hopes that if you're struggling with this you can reach out and say you know what Teddy you're not alone I've been there too and I hope that if you are currently struggling with this and you're not able to reach out and connect with other people or uh, let your voice be heard because it is just such a heartbreaking uh, struggle. I feel you, I get you, I can empathize with you um, and we're in this together. So um, I've been having problems getting pregnant ever since uh, probably about two years after having Taya. Uh, I was never able to get pregnant. We couldn't really figure it out. Um, I've visited a couple of different doctors at the fertility clinic. I did all the tests. Uh, Most of them are quite uncomfortable. Did a lot of blood work, changed my diet. Um, Had my spouse do some testing and things like that. And... um, yeah, some of the testing came back that make it very difficult for us to conceive a child. Um, even something like in vitro uh, wouldn't really help the issue that we are dealing with. Um, so yeah, that was that was a little bit tough to hear. Uh, we had already spoken about our boundaries and where we were at. Um, my husband didn't feel like adoption would fill the same bucket as us creating a little mini version of ourselves would. Um, So we kind of said, you know what, our children are older, like they're 10 and 12 right now. This discussion was probably a couple of years ago. So we decided, you know what, it's going to be okay. Um, And we carried on with our life. Now within the last couple of months, um, some of my new and more serious diagnoses um, have brought some new news to life, and I've found out that in any pregnancy that I would ever have, I would have a fifty percent chance of um, my uterus rupturing, and um, it could cause unnecessarily unnecessary bleeding and death to me, to my infant. So none of those things were even known when we were going to the fertility clinic and going to all of those appointments. So I truly do believe that sometimes when we are in the midst of a struggle, it is so hard to see the end from the beginning and to see that eternal perspective. But I now know that uh, the Lord had us wrapped in his arms and he knew that if we were to get pregnant, that it could be potentially fatal for me. So I'm grateful that I've been given that insight and that knowledge to know that, yeah, yeah, what I'm dealing with is pretty scary, whether I'm pregnant or not, but it could always be worse. And I'm grateful that I've been supported through that. So, yeah, we still struggle. We were supposed to go to a baby shower yesterday and... One of my best friends just had a baby a couple of days ago. So I'm I'm at peace enough to truly and genuinely be happy for all of the people around me that are experiencing the joy and the magic and the spirit that comes through having children. And I'm so grateful that I've been able to have Taya. I did give birth. I did suffer through labor with her. And I have been pregnant. I know what it feels like. And uh, my spouse can say the same. He has had his biological daughter, and my stepdaughter. And we've, we've both been able to experience the joys that come through um, having children. Now, not everybody can say that. And for that, I'm trying to be very sensitive to the fact that some people won't ever experience those blessings that we were able to experience. And I'm just grateful of that... I was able to do it once and um, I guess this episode can be even just a reminder to those who don't suffer through uh, infertility issues that you really never know what people are going through. This wasn't something that I shared with the world. This wasn't something that I posted freely on social media because this one was really, really close to my heart. Like I, my passion is newborns and my passion is babies and if I could just have a bunch of babies and be a stay-at-home mom for the rest of my life I would feel like I had fulfilled my calling because I love them but I couldn't and that was out of my control and it was not something that I was able to share so if you take anything or one thing away from this episode it's that we really never know what people are going through and just be kind just be kind sometimes our own uh, insecurities and shame and guilt and whatever gets in the way and we're unable to be sensitive to other people's feelings and understanding that everybody's going through some silent struggles everyone every single person that's what this life is all about i truly believe that we are here to be tested on how we pull through and carry on despite our trials so just be kind um, For the last little bit of this episode, uh, once again, one of my favorite authors, Brene Brown, wrote uh, in one of her books a little section about infertility. And I'm just going to read a little bit of it because I I can empathize and I can completely relate to everything that she said. So I'm just going to read it. I'm not going to try to paraphrase it in my own words because she just does such a beautiful job. So she says, I want to share my feelings about infertility with you because I want you to understand my struggle. I know that understanding infertility is difficult. There are times when it seems even I don't understand. This struggle has provoked intense and unfamiliar feelings in me, and I fear that my reaction to these feelings might be understood, misunderstood. I hope my ability to cope and your ability to understand will improve as I share my feelings with you. I want you to understand You may describe me this way, obsessed, moody, helpless, depressed, envious, too serious, obnoxious, aggressive, antagonistic, and cynical. These aren't very admirable traits. No wonder your understanding of my infertility is difficult. I prefer to describe myself in this way, confused, rushed, and impatient, afraid, isolated, and alone, guilty, and ashamed. Angry, sad, and hopeless, and unsettled. My infertility makes me feel confused. I always assumed I was fertile. I've spent years avoiding pregnancy, and now it seems ironic that I can't conceive. My infertility makes me feel rushed and impatient. I learned of my infertility only after I'd been trying to become pregnant for some time. My life plan suddenly is behind schedule. I waited to become a parent and now I must wait again. My infertility makes me feel afraid. Infertility is full of unknowns and I'm frightened because I need some definite answers. How long will this last? My infertility makes me feel isolated and alone. Reminders of babies are everywhere. I must be the only one enduring this invisible, invisible curse. I stay away from others because everything makes me hurt. My infertility makes me feel guilty and ashamed. Frequently, I forget that infertility is a medical problem and should be treated as one. Infertility destroys my self-esteem and I feel like a failure. Why am I being punished? What did I do to deserve this? Am I not worthy of a baby? My infertility makes me feel angry. Everything makes me angry and I know much of my anger is misdirected. I'm angry at my body because it has betrayed me, even though I've always taken care of it. I'm angry at my partner because we can't seem to feel the same about infertility at the same time. My financial resources may determine my family size. My insurance company isn't cooperative, and I must make so many sacrifices to pay the medical bills. I can't miss any more work or I'll lose my job. I can't go to a specialist because it means more travel time, more missed work and greater expenses. Finally, I'm angry at everyone else. Everyone has opinions about my inability to become a parent. Everyone has easy solutions. Everyone seems to know too little and say too much. My infertility makes me feel sad and hopeless. Infertility feels like I've lost my future and no one knows of my sadness. I feel hopeless. Infertility robs me of my energy. I've never cried so much nor so easily. I'm sad that my infertility places my marriage under so much strain. My infertility makes me feel unsettled. My life is on hold. Making decisions about my immediate and long-term future seems impossible. I can't decide about education, career, purchasing a home, pursuing a hobby, getting a pet, vacations, business trips, and house guests. The more I struggle with my infertility, the less control I have. Occasionally, I feel my panic subside. I'm learning some helpful ways to cope. I'm now convinced I'm not crazy, and I believe I'll survive. I'm learning to listen to my body and to be assertive, not aggressive, about my needs. I'm realizing that good medical care and good emotional care are not necessarily found in the same place. I'm trying to be more than an infertile person, gaining enthusiasm, joyfulness, and zest for life. I love that she was so open and honest and vulnerable with all of that. And I truly feel like as I was reading that, it was my words, not hers. So she goes on and she talks a little bit about how people that are not dealing with infertility can help. She says... You can help me. I know you care about me and I know my infertility affects our relationship. My sadness causes you sadness. What hurts me hurts you too. I believe that we can help each other through this sadness. Individually, we both seem quite powerless, but together we can be stronger. Maybe some of these hints will help us to become help us to better understand infertility. I need you to be a listener. Talk about my struggle. Talking about my struggle helps me to make decisions. Let me know you are available for me. It's difficult for me to expose my private thoughts if you are rushed or have a deadline for the end of our conversation. Please don't tell me all the worst things that have happened to others or how easily someone else's infertility was solved. I need you to be supportive. Understand that my decisions aren't made casually. I've agonized over them. Remind me that you respect these decisions, even if you disagree with them, because you know they are made carefully. I need you to be comfortable with me. Then I also will feel more comfortable. Talking about infertility sometimes makes me feel awkward. Are you worried you might say the wrong thing? Share those feelings with me. Ask if I want to talk. Sometimes I will want to, and sometimes I won't, but it will remind me that you care. I need you to be sensitive. Although I may joke about infertility to help myself cope, it doesn't seem funny when others joke about it. Please don't tease me with remarks like you don't seem to know how to do it. Don't trivialize my struggle by saying, I'd be glad to give you one of my kids. It's no comfort to hear empty reassurances like, you'll be a parent by this time next year. I need you to be honest with me. Let me know that you may need to adjust to some of my decisions. I also need adjustment time, but there are things that you don't understand and you can say so. I need you to be informed. Your advice and suggestions are only frustrating to me if they aren't based on fact. Be well informed so you can educate others when they make remarks marks based on myths. Don't let anybody tell you that my infertility will be cured if I relax and adopt. Don't tell me this is God's will. Don't ask me to justify my need to parent. I need you to be patient. Remember that working through infertility is a process. It takes time. There are no guarantees, no package deals, no complete kits, no one right answer, and no quickie choices. I need you to be strengthening by boosting my self-esteem. My sense of worthlessness hampers my ability to take charge. Encourage me to maintain my sense of humor. Guide me to find joys. Celebrate with me my successes, even ones as small as making it through a medical appointment without crying. Ooh, I can relate to that. Remind me that I am important and I am more than an infertile person. Help me by sharing your strength. Eventually, I will be beyond the struggle of my infertility. I know my infertility will never completely go away because it will change my life. I won't be able to return to the person I was before infertility. I also will no longer be controlled by this struggle. I will leave the struggle behind me. And from that, I will have improved my skills for empathy, patience, resilience, forgiveness, decision-making and self-assessment. I feel grateful that you are trying to ease my journey through this infertility struggle by giving me your understanding." I'm gonna leave it at that. I truly do feel that I have worked my way through infertility with Michael and I encourage everybody to reach out if they know of a friend that's struggling and just be kind and be understanding. and. Hopefully the next time we chat, it'll be a little more upbeat. And that's it for now.